You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers beat Little Rock 87-68 to to move to 5-0 and on the season. And it was a bit of an up-and-down performance <laughs> from a team that you know kind of looked like they maybe were ready to have a good Thanksgiving meal uh, but had to play a basketball game instead um, as Little Rock kept it a lot closer than most people thought. Uh, but Indiana really, you know, thought tightened some things up there in the middle part of the second half and went on a couple of key runs uh, that pushed the game out. They were able to to maintain control uh, and win going away. And obviously the story of the game from the very beginning was who was not playing. Indiana was without Trace Jackson Davis uh, out for what was deemed precautionary reasons because of the back uh, that, you know, we saw him, uh, uh, you know, kind of walking a little gingerly after at the end of that Miami game. Uh, Trey Galloway also out, Anthony Leal out, and then, of course, Malik Renew, who was starting and played very well at the beginning of the game, took a hard fall early in the game and didn't quite seem like himself in terms of mobility uh, and action from then on out. So there were certainly some reasons, uh, you know, why Indiana maybe didn't dominate quite as much as you would have wanted them to. Some injury-related and others really seemed to be more of kind of focus uh, and execution-related, which we will get into. But all told, Indiana wins. They move to 5-0, and uh, and we are very, obviously, happy with that. I'm Jared Morris, here with Coach Brian Tonsona. We will break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And for the Banner Moment, I'm going to go back to... Uh, like around seven, eight minutes left in the second half, Indiana had pushed the lead out uh, to 16 by this point. And another sequence by Xavier Johnson, who had several really good sequences in the second half, uh, put the game away. Uh, you know, a couple of great plays. One is a score, one is a passer. First, you know, Little Rock applied a little bit of token pressure. He broke that and was able to drive in uh, for one of his you know, kind of one-handed lefty layups. Uh, then on the next possession, he crosses up his man, finds Race Thompson uh, for the dunk. And then actually on the next possession, he would do the same thing, drive and find Race Thompson. Uh, at that point, he had seven points and eight assists just in the second half, and on a night when Jalen Hood-Shafino was really struggling to just kind of make the easy play, I thought it was really important that X stepped up, assumed that leadership role in the second half, and made sure that nothing crazy happened. So that sequence from X gets our banner moment this evening. Okay, let's talk now about our presenting sponsor. Yes, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. They are in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their second as the presenting sponsor for all of the shows on the Back Home Network. And as you know, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And they have now grown that into the largest collection of vintage college sports apparel that you will find anywhere. So no matter what college or university uh, you like or have friends or family members who cheer for, they have something cool and interesting and unique celebrating the heritage of that university. And that's what makes Homefield Apparel such a great place to shop for Christmas because you can knock out a whole lot of people on your list when you go to Homefield Apparel. You're going to get them something that they like wearing, that's comfortable, where the colors last, and... 
you're supporting an Indiana-based company that employs people in Indianapolis uh, and just great, great folks all around, and we obviously love supporting them. The website is homefieldapparel.com. Normally, you can use the promo code HOME to get 15% off your entire first order, but right now they have their Black Friday special going, so you can use the promo code Black Friday, all one word, and get 20% off. So load up, do your Christmas shopping uh, all in one step, and do it at homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. We have a two-man panel tonight, so I will kick it over to the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Coach, what's on your mind? Yeah, it was just a shock to see that uh, we had some players out uh, about 30 minutes before the game, and then you wondered how Indiana would cope without their, their best player. And it just took Indiana a while, if at all, for them to get into the groove tonight. Um, and they still win uh, by 19, favored by 30. Uh, so this performance is not one of Indiana's better performances, but it still speaks volumes to how good this team is to when you can play average, below average. And, and the, the game was a little bit in doubt in the second half at six points, but then – uh, Xavier Johnson took over and did Xavier Johnson things. So uh, there's some things to point out. Uh, there's some lingering questions, uh, I believe, uh, on defense and offense. Uh, but these are the kind of games you need uh, to get on film, to, to get some run in. And, and I, I was really happy with the bench play, especially in the first half. So it's a win. Uh, you move on. You have a happy Thanksgiving. And you come back against Jackson State and probably same similar type of game. Uh, they played Little Rock close uh, a couple days ago, so uh, you need to be prepared for uh, a, a top effort from them. And then you have some time off for North Carolina, and that's where you have to be playing your best. Yeah, you know, games like this, you'd love to win them all going away by 40 or 50 where everything's crisp, you take control early, you know, and you're not worried. You don't want to have the other team hanging around in the second half like what happened. And so really I think the question is, okay – you know, do, did we learn some deeper truths about this team that should concern us moving forward? Or is this a random game in November where you're without your leader, you got a couple of other guys injured, it's the day before a holiday, and there was just kind of a little bit of a malaise, but it doesn't really mean anything moving forward. My thought on this is it's more the latter. You know, I mean, I even think when you're sitting a couple guys for precautionary reasons who probably could have played – you are sending a subtle message that, hey, we think we can get by this team. And I thought Indiana played like that in the first half, you know, where it's like they just didn't have the same focus or kind of killer instinct. You know, it really looked like instead of making the simple plays, they were, you know, Jalen Hutchifino especially was trying to make, you know, the harder play. And they just they just didn't seem to have quite the same focus. Now, if they come out on Friday and we see a repeat of this and we start to see it as more of a trend – then I think maybe it's something that you can be concerned about. But given that Indiana has really exceed or exceeded expectations in their first four games, I find it hard to be too concerned about this if it proves to just kind of be an isolated thing. Do you do you buy that reasoning? I do for the most part. I do think there are some individual things that that are concerning. That if they if they do repeat, um, there's some players who struggle defensively to guard the bounce, which we've talked about. Um, especially in that starting group, uh, when you get off to slow starts, 
you know, uh, and when they got put back in at four minute mark and gave up some points at the back end, they had there's a couple guys in the starting lineup that have trouble guarding threes and fours um, in, in Cop and Race Thompson, and that is a concern. Um, but again, you're you're talking about freshmen playing like freshmen. They both got double digits and and did some things that were incredible. So that's where I think you're right. Is on off nights, this team is still pretty good. That's the thing that I think uh, I wasn't prepared for this off season. That I feel very comfortable with now. Tonight was an off night, and there still were a lot of good things that happened individually and, and collectively. Uh, Geronimo struggled to catch the basketball, but he had, what, 97 blocks, uh, it seemed like, tonight. Um, you know, so, again, there's pieces that are really good, and there are pieces that need to be improved on. That's what you expect kind of in game five um, for for your team. You get it, get in film and, and get, try to get them fixed for, for when they count. But some of those things will be alleviated when the focus comes back, when it's a natural game like North Carolina. If it doesn't, then then you're going to get beat. But so yes, I I am with you uh, uh, on that. But but I also think there are some things that you know hitting open shots, um, some of the lack of movement early in offense that we have seen Indiana teams have in the past, even under Coach Woodson. That we just can't have that if you're going to be able to beat an Arizona team that just won the Maui, Kansas, who's in the semifinals, uh, and, and then the Big Ten. Uh, gauntlet so yeah we'll talk about some of those concerns that I have uh, from tonight but um, mostly it's a 19 point average game uh, I think that's more positive than negative yeah you know and I was listening to coach Woodson's you know talk pregame with fish and one of his big keys was getting off to a good start um and that, you know, actually, actually, you know, in Indiana jumped out, I think they were up like 12-4 early. Malik Renew really got going before his fall. That fall really seemed to affect him. Um, yes. Just kind of his mobility and his act, his activity, as I mentioned. You know, but you look at the game offensively, Coach, and it was really, I mean, it was a tale of two halves in terms of, you know, the first half after that opening stretch where they jumped out and scored 12 points, they really kind of played offense the hard way. You know, they weren't making free throws. They weren't making outside shots. They were able to get some stuff done in transition and inside, but that's a hard way to live consistently in college basketball. And I thought in the second half, we saw a formula. Now, look, part of it is because you don't have Trace in there, you know, and Malik wasn't dominating down low. So your offensive balance is going to be a little bit different, but you saw some three-point shots get created for Miller Cop. He knocked them down. You saw Indiana get to the free throw line. Um, they took five free, thro free throws in the first half. In the second half, they took 14. Um, and so those things, you know, the offense was obviously much more efficient in the second half, and that's a big part of the reason why. You know, at some point, you do just have to step up and hit shots, and Miller Cop now is, what, 9 of 21 or, some, or, or no, 12 of 22, something like that from three-point range. Um, and so it was nice to see them – you know, get him going and kind of see X take control there, you know, and start creating, you know, some of those better looks offensively. But you really, you just saw the difference between, you know, what happens when you're getting to the line and making outside shots makes everything flow better, makes offense easier. The, the other thing is the cumulative effect of how Indiana plays on, on both yeah. ends, wears out teams, especially teams at this level. But I also thought you saw that a little bit in the Xavier game where the last six or seven minutes – that that's new for Indiana basketball in, in the last five or six years. If that continues, uh, that is a good thing. So the, the, the wave of talent that we put in, uh, 
a game normally when Trace Jackson Davis is playing. The pace that we do, the ball screens, the the low post, are you're going to double. Teams can get up and scout for that and be energized to stop that early, and that makes Indiana's offense look stagnant for 10, 11, 12 minutes. But then you get foul trouble. Then you get players who are tired. Then you get different rotations. And, and, and that's why things open up, I think, a little bit more in the second half. That's a sign of a good team when you put that kind of pressure on on both ends. The game may not get that final separation until the second half. You won it by halftime against these teams. We didn't have it. And then we won it early in the second half. Didn't have it today. So the, 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 there was some concern there, uh, Jared. But – they came, all of a sudden, they, they just got worn down, and X just took over. No one could stop him. You're going to see that in a lot of games, even against better talent, that uh, Indiana plays in a style now that's going to be really tough for people to play 40 straight minutes of solid basketball. Uh, and if Indiana hits some open shots, it's it's 25 or something at halftime, too. I mean, they were generating open looks, um, and, and, and they missed shots at the rim. So it was shot-making for me. Uh, a little bit in the first half, a little bit of stagnant offense, too dependent on the high pick and roll with everyone flat uh, in the dunker spot in the corners and, and no movement uh, too much for the first 10 or so minutes. So that's stuff that needs to, to be uh, cleaned up. But, yeah, again, the cumulative effect is something for us to keep watching throughout the season, uh, and those second half should be ours the way we play. Talk to me a little bit about what you saw defensively. Because, you know, you take Trace out, you remove one of the best and most feared rim protectors in the country. Now, Indiana still had 11 block shots, but I still felt like there were possessions where Trace was noticeably missed because of what he brings in terms of, you know, weak side help and coming over and, and you know, helping to challenge those shots and a little bit less fear of guys driving in there without him there. Um, and... You know, you don't have Trey Galloway, who in your second unit is really just kind of your bulldog wing defender. And so it would be impossible to not to expect a little bit of a drop off defensively without those two guys out there and replaced by more minutes from freshmen. But what did you see either schematically or execution wise, because you kind of hinted at it earlier, that has you a little bit concerned? Because, you know, like defensively, it feels like there's something missing for me defensively this year. Like they're not, yeah. it doesn't feel, and it, you know, it's November. So there are going to be some things just doesn't quite feel like things are as tight and connected as they were toward the end of last year when the defense was really humming and that's natural. But what are some of those things for you and what things the, did you see tonight? Yeah. I thought the, the fourth segment from the eight minute mark to the four minute mark. Um, well, no, after that, um, well, I, I'm not going to put a timestamp on it. Transition defense, Little Rock it plays one of the top 50 paces. They want to get shots off quick. I thought that gave Indiana fits tonight um, in getting back some fouls, uh, some overhelp situations where you kicked out. I, I thought, again, I'm kind of sick and tired of seeing teams come into Assembly Hall and hit tough shots. Um, the, a couple of those 15-footers at the post guy, that was good defense, and there was a hand in his face, and, and they hit shots. Um you know, then then late in the, in the game, you have a, a block shot that goes out to a three-point line, and the guy drills a three-point. I mean, you play excellent defense, and they get 
they get rewarded with three points. Uh, so I thought I, I thought transition defense early. Indiana wasn't used to that pace, and they're going to need to against some of the teams uh, that that they play. So that's good to get on tape. And I still am concerned with that direct drive off the point, whether it's a drive off the point or whether it's a high middle ball screen. We are really elbows. Uh, our wing defenders are stationed on the elbows, and they're staying there for a long time. Uh, to stop that basketball. At times it's needed, but more, more times the, the dribbler's not going to get to the rim. And it's a long closeout to the wing. In the first half alone, we gave up two threes that way. That's different. I don't remember uh, that much gap, what we call gap control, last year. Um, and then when we don't, we have Kunkel uh, driving to the, the rim and throwing up shots, and, and that happened again tonight. So some of that is – is strategy. Uh, some of that is we're, our technique of knowing when to kind of fake at the ball handler and get them to pick up and come back the right distance to get out to the closeout. We are way over helping on that particular play uh, for me. So those are the concerns that, you know, a team shoots a little better and, and we're giving up just a one pass three rhythm three. And, you know, um, that to me is concerning. And it's been there since I think the first, second exhibition game I mean I remember asking coach Yaw about that very same thing on the closeouts and they were mentioned it too so we have guys in the, that position so we didn't give up a lot of layups in transition we just got in rotations early and that's what Little Rock wanted to do and they were successful in hitting shots so you know it, you look at the points per possession what was it point nine three two for a Little Rock team that's a little disappointing it's still solid defense um so yeah, it's just a little bit off. But I thought the effort was there. So, Yeah. One guy that we need to mention before we get out of the first segment is Race Thompson, who had by far his most productive night of the season, uh, played his most minutes with 30, you know, and really needed to play those minutes with Trace getting none, uh, Malik Renew playing only 18, and Race goes for 20 points, eight boards, uh, has a couple of blocked shots. And I just thought, you know, offensively was more active. Uh, and in part, you know, had more opportunities, you know, t tonight, but just, you know, running the floor, being in the right spots, uh, you know, doing some of those race Thompson things, you know, we're not seeing him post up as much, you, you know, you're not seeing race, get the ball on the block, dribble, 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 and kind of do his little turnaround, but he's getting opportunities running the floor. Um, I thought he had a couple of opportunities to shoot threes, only took one of them, didn't make it, uh, but was just, you know, efficient, had that one play where he was just over there in the dunker spot and, you know, X broke down the defense and race just comes up and, and gets the dunk. And so I don't, I'm not sure how many of his buckets were dunks, but it sure felt like probably four five, six. Of them were. Um, you know, he, he needed to step up. And I think we've kind of been wondering, you know, race's production is down. Is that just a function of, you know, how many other mouths there are to feed and he kind of picks his spots. And I think tonight is evidence of the fact that there just there aren't as many opportunities to go around. Uh, but when needed to step up, he stepped up, led the team in scoring, uh, you know, and really made some big plays in the second half. Yeah, you you can just tell with his his energy level. As with most players, a lot of us look at stats to see if you're having a good game or not. Um, but you know, sometimes it's just your energy level uh, and, and how you approach the game within the game. And I, I thought he had uh, his highest energy game uh, doing race Thompson things, diving all over the floor and, and being a presence and being available on, on the inside passing game from Renew uh, and X when he broke down the defense. So he was six for six from the free throw line, um, which is really good. I still 
I still want to see him be able to guard that bounce a little bit better at the fork as they switch a lot. Um, and I think he's he and Miller both struggle guarding the bounce, and they both are slow in their switches. Um, I, I have that down tonight. I didn't. I just saw that when you asked me about defense. Indiana right now is a little slow switching uh, to start games. I thought they got better in the second half, so that goes back to your defensive thing. Uh, two guys with, going with the ball and leaving a guy open and people hitting shots. That has to be corrected as far as who's supposed to communicate that. But it, it seems like almost every game those two are involved in a miscommunication uh, that that ends up in a three. So Race had a great offensive night. I thought he had a great rebounding night. I thought he was great overall. My lingering question for Race is you got to be better on on ball defense, not the blocks, not the rebounds. Uh, that's an area of concern. But yes, it was good to see uh, Race Thompson of old show up tonight. Yep. All right. Coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Little Rock, we'll point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight some of the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hi, this is James Blackman Jr. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosier. Thank you, James. You're listening to The Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni. We are breaking down Indiana's 87-68 victory over Little Rock here on the night before Thanksgiving. And by the way, what a cool note that Indiana is going to host Little Rock, the Little Rock players and coaches yeah. for Thanksgiving. Mike Woodson and Daryl Walker go way back. They, I think, played together. I think uh, Daryl Walker coached under uh, Mike Woodson. There was a great little anecdote uh, on the pregame show that I think you know, Little Rock came in early, and and Daryl and Mike uh, broke open a bottle of wine this week, and Coach Woodson said they were just reminiscing about old times. So it's uh, it's nice to see that, and I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving meal tomorrow. Uh, but you know now what time it is, as we are here at the beginning of segment two. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Yes, meaningful moments you might have missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time 
through the generosity of alumni and fans to learn more about how you can donate money or your extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. So for my meaningful moment tonight, Coach, I want to go back to the first half. And look, this was a struggle for Jalen hood Shafino for a lot of tonight. You know, he turned the ball over five times. His plus minus tonight was five, which is one of the lowest on the team. And I think that kind of matches what we saw. You know, Indiana made its big run in the second half when he was off the court and X was firmly in control. And I just thought for a lot of tonight, Jalen forced some shots, forced some passes, didn't take the easy play when it was there. And so there's going to be a lot to kind of look at film-wise to correct. And yet, as a freshman, he finishes with 13 points, seven boards, uh, you know, three assists and a steal. And I thought in the first half had just a scintillating sequence. And, and I think it's so important to remember, especially freshmen who have high expectations like Jalen and Malik, these guys are going to have ups and downs and they're going to have struggles. But to me, what you really look for is when these guys are making plays, what does it look like? And it just looks different. Because as they get older, the rough edges, even older in this season, the rough edges will get smoothed out and we'll see more of the big plays. Well, the sequence that, that Jalen had in the first half, it was around the eight-minute mark. Um, and Indiana's on defense and Little Rock is throwing it in. And Jalen reads the inbounds pass like he's Ed Reed and intercepts it. And then somehow completed a behind-the-back dribble with two guys flanking him as they try to get back in transition defense. They're right by him. He dribbles behind his back and makes it all the way to the other end and scores. It put Indiana up 11. But that wasn't it. The next possession, he created a bucket for Logan Duncan down low. Then he hit a mid-range jumper. Then he hit a three. Then he found C.J. Gunn in transition. And so you got five straight possessions where Jalen either scored or assisted on the points. And what was great about, you know, the passes to Logan and to CJ is he just made the right pass, the easy pass. So, look, overall, it wasn't a great night of basketball from Jalen Huchifino, but he showed you the reasons why everybody's so excited about him. Because he can make plays that other guys just can't make. And so as he, I think, smooths out the shot selection and some of the decisions on the passes you know, and, and just make sure that he's going for singles and doubles when they're there and not trying to hit a home run every time. He's going to be just fine. Um, and that's a great thing about this freshman. You know, you, you can get to the end of the game and, be, and you remember some of the bad plays, but think about the good ones and look at his overall production. This was still a good night for the young guy. You know, yes, and, and he's got to learn to make the plays, the right plays that he can make at the right times and still maintain some aggressiveness. I wrote down uh, that he had at least two or three uh, turnovers that were aggressive. He was trying to make a long pass or trying to fit something into a small window. Yep. Not ideal. Uh, you don't want that to continue in the volume of, of decision-making that is night, but you want your point guard to push the envelope. They need to get some turnovers because if they're not, they're not getting a number of assists. Now, his assisted turnovers, not acceptable tonight. So that was the lone point. Uh, that I think he he uh, struggled with. I thought tonight he was pretty uh, solid defensively on the ball and, and creating havoc uh, for his man. I thought he still made some uh, incredible passes. Would have had another assist to Geronimo, I think. Um, Geronimo fumbled a couple uh, of assists. But X had one, too, that was an aggressive uh, turnover. So when you look at the 13 turnovers, I, I counted four aggressive 
turnovers that the ball went out of bounds or didn't result in a pick six for points that you can you can kind of live with and then teach uh, to to get better but you you almost have to have one one of those a game maybe two a game you don't want three or four um like tonight but yeah. otherwise the point guards aren't pushing so i think his shot selection is another thing that i would say he needs to at times he takes shots early in the shot clock uh, that are semi contested or fully contested that i think he can get his teammates better shots uh, and I think that'll come with time too, but it, good to see him finish at the rim. He has, he's been the guy who's getting no calls this year. Just, he's just a player. He, and I thought the freshman played like freshman. That's what I wrote down tonight. Renew yeah. got, uh, hurt, uh, a, a bad fall and, and that kind of bothered him. He missed some free throws and did some things, but the freshman tonight had major freshman moments and they still scored in double figures yeah. and had multiple rebounds. That's just how good these guys are. Yeah. Well, and you know what I love about Jalen is he's not deterred. I mean, he sat for a while in the second half as X kind of took control of the game. And when he got back in there, he proceeded to score four straight points. You know, and he, he he probed the defense. He got in, scored points in the lane, not just settling for long jumpers. And that's, you know, I, I thought, you know, to me, this was probably Indiana's worst game from a shot selection perspective, especially in the first half. Just too many long twos, too many yeah. mid-range shots. There, look, a mid-range shot is okay for me in two circumstances. When you're at the end of the shot clock and it's the best look you can get, or if you have a guy like a Jalen and you run something for him coming off a screen, he's in rhythm, okay, fine. But there aren't a lot of guys like that. you know. And I just think Indiana, when they're not going right offensively, they settle for some of those. Um, and I thought we saw too much of that tonight. Uh, you know, The broadcast tried to tell us that it's okay to take a long two with your foot on the line. Uh, to which I Sorry, say, Bardo. no, it's not, Stephen Bardo. No, it is not. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it is not. Um, but anyway, you know, ups and downs for those guys, but a lot to like. One other a guy that I want to talk about is Jordan Geronimo, who was all over the place tonight. I mean, he, I counted four shot fakes that he fell for. Like the first four times people shot faked him, he's just flying all over the place. And <laughs> just a lack of discipline. Yet, he also had five block shots, and some of those were spectacular blocks. He finished with 11 points, and I thought, you know, the other sequence that I thought was really important, Coach, for a couple of reasons, was when Little Rock got it to seven at about the 10-minute mark. And at, you'll remember, X found Jordan Geronimo near the top of the key. He made a three-pointer. Uh, and then they go down on the other end. Geronimo gets his fourth block of the game. Um, and... That leads to a Tamar Bates run out, and I loved how Tamar approached that. You know, I think we're starting to see him, at least in these last two games, which, again, the competition isn't great, but I feel like we're seeing a little bit more confidence and assertiveness from him as a scorer. Like, it, there's just, from the moment he got that ball, there was no doubt in his mind he was going to go score and take it all the way and score. And I feel like previous iterations of Tamar would have been a little bit more hesitant, maybe backed it out, and he just went and got the bucket. Um, and so I loved seeing that. And then I think the possession later, X makes a three. We go up 15. Um, it was a real nice sequence by those guys. But I thought, you know, you saw a couple of things that you want to see, which is from Jordan. Can you make the outside shot and be a rim protector on that second unit? Uh, and then for tomorrow, are you getting more comfortable offensively? You know, and so those guys are still coming around. Obviously, lots of rough edges on their games. But that sequence in particular, it, you know, you kind of saw what the ideal version of it looks like. 
Yeah, and, and the question for Geronimo is, can it get done against top competition? He'd only played five or six minutes against Xavier, so he's still got a lot of work uh, to do. And then I thought Tamar played well tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, there's another guy that I, I'm okay with that elbow jumper uh, curling into the lane or driving hard and stopping and popping. He made that one might tonight. Be, he, yep. That might be better for him than trying to go against traffic and extended hands at the rim, you know, taking a drive all the way to the rim. There are guys where it might be better to stop and pull up at eight feet or nine feet, you know, and just a baby, sh- you know, jumper or a floater as opposed to going in and trying to challenge size. Um, but that was good. And I really thought for the most part, uh, defensively, he was in really good positions. I thought he did. I think Bardo even called it out on, on TV. There was one time where he uh, handled that closeout from the gap control off the, the top drive and the yeah. ball screen and then still got out and forced a guy off the three-point line. And, and that's the athleticism that he brings. We, we tend to look, again, is he scoring, is he hitting threes? He is he is athletic, and and I know I hit this drumbeat way too much. You got to get your athletic guys out there, and not just vertical uh, ability, but your lateral um, quickness and movement. We have guys that that can play at that kind of pace and play defense. I thought this was his best game. You know, uh, again, I overall positioning, uh, passing, and I don't think that his stats were all that great. Um, Across the board, um, what what it's fine. Eight points, two for eight four from points. the field, four four from the line. Yeah, um, a rebound, uh, an assist, no turnovers. So yeah, I, I thought I was really really pleased uh, with with Tamar. Any other moments that jumped out to you, Coach? I, I got two real quick. Um, Malik's uh, facial expressions, man, are going to be something to watch. You can put a montage together. I don't know if he's crying, mad, doing whatever. Whenever anything. There's a, an exchange between he and Woodson at one point. And I don't know if he was upset with Coach Woodson or upset with the call or something, but I think the dude really He's is very a winner. Expressive. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's something, you know, you might have missed real quick. But I also thought this was a good game for Coach Woodson. Um, and I think he's made a couple adjustments in games that I, I really like. When the offense has gotten stagnant, he's – He's made some calls, and he's got his thumb on the team a little bit more than what he did last year. There was a time where X was going down. They had three or four straight middle ball screens where everyone was flat, dunker spot corners, and Indiana took some of those bad shots you were talking about. And he stomped his foot and called him over and called something. And and I'm not sure Indiana made the shot, but I really thought that was really good. And then I really liked his timeout at 405. Uh, he put the starters back in. Indiana had raced out to a 37-27 uh, lead. Uh, the second unit really did a um, a nice job there uh, for those two segments they were in after the injuries, and, and we had a lineup of Banks and Gunn and Duncan, I think, or or at least two of them at one time. But they really brought energy again. And then the, the, the first group got back in there, and, and that's my concern. They did not play well when they went back in, and next thing you know, um, it got close there at 405, and I thought, you know, we talk about Woodson and his use of timeouts, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to need four or five of them down the stretch tonight. He he wasn't happy with the way they were playing, and he let them know, and he's done that a couple times, and, and I like that. Um, you know, yes, you want to conserve your timeouts for strategy in the last segment or two uh, in tight ball games, but you know, if your guys aren't playing well, let them know. 
And I really like that and think that he's uh, been really sharp with his timeouts uh, this year because that's what these games are for, teaching. Teaching for the North Carolinas and the Kansas and the Arizona games. You, you teach here and you don't ex- – even though that we're going to win the game, you don't accept – I wrote down it's how you play that matters. And, and I'm sure that's – you know, Coach Woodson was not happy there and then not happy again at halftime and probably not happy watching film tonight, to be honest with you. And uh, I, I like that. I thought that timeout was uh, was really solid. 100%. All right, it is time to go inside the numbers, Coach. Let's pick out a few key stats to discuss here. I want to talk about three-point shooting. You know, Indiana ends up shooting 35.3% from three-point range, 6 of 17. Someone tweeted me at the very end of the game, you know, hey, until Indiana can consistently make three-pointers, they're not a championship-caliber team. Which, okay, fine. <laughs> that's probably that's probably true. I do think it's interesting to note, I'm not sure most people would realize, unless you just keep close tabs on our Ken Palm page every day like some of us do, Indiana's shooting 36.5% from three, coach. That's in the top 100 nationally. 36.5%, not only is that several percentage points higher than last season or anything that we've done in recent memory, over the, a full season, that would have been in the top 50 last year. So what we're seeing through five games, that is not an insignificant, you know, portion of the season. Uh, you know, that's five games, at least one, you know, in kind of a tough shooting environment. But efficiency-wise, this team has at least started off the season a little bit better. Now, do I expect us to finish there? Personally, I don't. I think that number will come down as the competition goes up. But, you know, there is some improvement there. You know, where we're not seeing the improvement is in the number of attempts. And, you know, we've talked a lot about that. I think we need to see this team in some tougher games to kind of see what they're going to do because they certainly seem like like a team that when they have an advantage down low, they're really going to take it. Um, you know, but Miller Cop, who has been a lightning rod for criticism, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he's 12 of 23 from downtown. And, you know, and I think part of the reason why maybe it doesn't feel like our three-point percentage is better is because it feels like our makes really come in clumps. It's like we hit, you know, two or three, four all of a sudden, but then we'll have these long droughts where we don't make any. Um, and so, you know, just kind of seeing how locked in Miller Cop is, I'd like to continue to see him, you know, get more opportunities. Um, but I think, you know, that number is obviously just an interesting one to track because efficiency wise, Indiana is using the three point line better in large part because Miller cop has been better. Um, I think we'd all just like to continue to see ways for that to become a little bit more prominent. And so now, you know, we have one more of these kind of cupcake games and then obviously a real tough stretch of games comes and I'm going to be really interested to see what that distribution looks like against those tougher opponents. Yeah, and today Little Rock was known for giving up points at the rim, like the, what, the yeah. fourth worst team at giving up points at the rim, and that was our strength even without yep. uh, Trace with Renew and all of those guys. So you're going to get a lot of shots at the rim, and you're not going to have a lot of opportunities. Um, but the thing, the thing that I think bothers all of us is when it's wide open, you'd like to see better than 35.3%. And I'd have to go back and stat how many of them were just absolutely clean open. Um Boy, but the guards are doing such a good job. You can really tell when you have two really good point guards who are out there all the time, mm-hmm. breaking down defense and knowing where your shooters are. Tonight it was X. Just beautiful play 
from X at finding and putting the shooter in a good position that he that Miller can get rhythm threes. That's why Miller plays. Like Miller doesn't play to be a lockdown defender. Miller plays to hit threes, and if he's going to continue to hit 53, he's going to play, and I, I would say play him. Um, but you're going to need guards or you're going to need offensive sets to get him open. And right now it's guards breaking people down off the break. Hood Shafino's really good off the break at finding Miller Cop. X is really good. Renew found him today out of a double team. So those are things that uh, need to improve. And, we, and I agree, Indiana needs to take more of them. Um, but, man, I wrote down, too, hit open shots. Hit open shots. You know, the late shot clock threes. That should bring your percentage down or a contested three, uh, good closeout by someone. But there there were some. Geronimo missed one. Miller um, airballed one after he shot faked. Th- that can't happen if you're going to beat the, the teams that we want to beat. There, That'll happen and be okay to beat Little Rock. But, you know, and I wanted to make the point, too, is when people weren't making shots when Archie was around, it's because Archie took away the confidence. Last year, Coach Woodson gave him all the confidence and couldn't hit shots. This year, we're missing open shots. We're shooting better, but we're still missing open shots. It's on the players. I've been saying it for four years. If you're open, you got to hit 50% of your open, 60% of your open shots. And Indiana's not there yet, Jared. And so um, it's better seeing 35.3 than the 17 or the 22s that we saw before. But that is still an area that Indiana must, when, when the offense – you know, it's just got to be frustrating for Coach Woodson. Your offense generates good shots, and I don't have the shot quality data and all that. But we know for years Indiana's gotten great shots. They just haven't got, gone in. I mean, I, that, that, that's still a, a concern of, of mine. But the trend is good. You know, last year, three-point shooting percentage-wise, better than any year under Archie. This year is already a step up from that. So I think it can take a little while. you got to turn over the roster and obviously give guys confidence. But I do think we're seeing some of those things. You know, the free throw shooting is better. You know, I think you look tonight, Indiana goes 13 of 19 from the free throw line, but that includes a one of six from Caleb Banks, uh, who's probably not going to be taking a whole lot of free throws in big time games. You remove that from the equation and Indiana, you know, is 12 for 13 from the line, you know, a really solid night uh, from the free throw line. So I do look, I, I fully agree with everybody who says the shooting has to be better. Obviously it does, but I do think we're seeing some steps in the right direction. You know, and so let's continue to to see that, obviously, because that's what this program needs to take the next step. Um, any other numbers jump out to you? You know, obviously getting 18 assists on 34 made field goals continues that trend, you know, of Indiana being well above 50 percent in assist rate, which is always nice to see. Well, and I've been bringing up the guards, um, guard stats, 11 rebounds for the two guards, uh, X and Hood Shafino, 11. And guard rebounding is important, again, because cops not a great rebounder. Like, he's not going to elevate and go over people and get rebounds. So you're going to need those two guards to get in there and help the post players. Uh, and that's 11 rebounds. Uh, 13 assists from those two. 10 for Xavier, 3 for Hood Shafino had a bad day. 7 turnovers. They were almost 2-1 to one in a night where we had one of them just trying to force stuff all over the place. So they almost had a really good statistical night. And they were 9 for 19, which almost 50% from your guards – and two of five from three. It's just good. Uh, our, our basketball is a game of guards. We are so blessed with three awesome post players that are going to give fits to everyone. But the key to this team is Xavier Johnson and Jalen Hood Shafino. Uh, and then can we get someone else at the cop and everyone else to hit threes when they're open? 
when our guards play well, we are going to be very, very tough um, to handle. So, you know, we had one guard play outstanding and one guard play average, below average, and they had great statistics from that uh, ball handling uh, position. That That's just – it's just a blessing to have guys like that. And I think we're going to just be happy all year, all year long. And I know it was some – kind of game the night before Thanksgiving. But, again, when you sit down and break down those stats, I mean, and then four of the seven turnovers were really aggressive, overly aggressive. So you can back back those guys down. That's just not handing the ball and dribbling off your toe and, you know, being, being God, loose with the basketball. We've seen enough of those turnovers over the last they were few not, years. They were not loose we... turnovers. What yeah. One, uh, Huchifino late had, had one, so – that was good. The other one, the number, uh, Jared, that I'll put out here at the bottom is as bad as I thought Indiana played, not bad defensively, but just not Indiana defense, still .932. Those numbers uh, probably should have been better against Little Rock, but that's still pretty good for a team that wanted to shoot a lot. And sometimes you just get bad teams that get a you know have a hot night. We seem to have that happen a lot in Assembly Hall. Uh, guys banking in threes and shooting it off their knee and whatever else and it's going in. Uh, but water will find its level, and defense is something that will be consistent. So .932 uh, tonight in, an, in a below-average kind of effort, uh, still solid numbers for Indiana defensively. And I don't know uh, if Ken Palm has updated or not. Um, yes, it has. And we are now 14th in the country on offense and 14th in the country in defense. Did you think that would happen so quickly in the season? <laughs> no, and our defense has dropped from 5 to 14. And, again, Ken Palm is not great until, what, another four weeks maybe, uh, beginning of, of January when this year's info kind of washes out the the previous years. But we're probably getting a little bonus from Indiana's defense <laughs> defensive numbers from last year. But it's still, it's still solid. It's so nice to see Indiana at 10. You know, I, I open up Ken Palm while mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be teaching, um, you know, <laughs> give the kids an assignment so I could do some real research. And uh, there's Indiana in, at 10, not 48. Uh, yeah. Let's keep it that way, right? But, not, you know, again, it, you know, it's nice to see the offense get up there. I think we all have confidence in the defense despite, right. you know, just kind of feeling like there's something a little bit off. But seeing the offense make this big of a jump, without a major increase in three-point volume, that's big. And it actually goes with what we talked about a lot in the offense or, or in the offseason, which is this team actually had a whole lot of room for improvement outside of three-point shooting. You know, they could get better on the block. They can get more points in transition. You know, there were a lot more. There was, you know, they can – now they haven't eliminated a lot of the long twos. I was hoping to see long twos turn into threes. Instead, I think they've maybe substituted some of the long twos for shots at the basket, given who they've been playing. But that's fine. And we haven't really seen them unleash a lot of the, you know, the pick and rolls and lobs with Trace. So I think they've picked some of the low-hanging fruit offensively that they could get better at against bad competition. Now we have to see what of that sustains against better teams – and how much can they work in the three-point shooting? Because at some point, that will need to be an important part of the offense if they're going to stay this high efficiency-wise. You know, so. Yeah, transition has been better. I, I yes. still would like to see oh it God. more and more and more, but, but transition offense has just been fun to watch. Uh, and that's where Miller Cop's getting a lot. He's not really getting a lot in half court. Uh, he did tonight when, when X went crazy um, <laughs> in the second half. Um, but the transition offense – 
and, and getting offense uh, off your defense has been really, really good, and that's going to help those numbers. And then we're just more efficient too because you you have someone in Renew who can do race Thompson things and and you know a lot of what Trace Jackson Davis can do. There's not a whole lot of drop off like there was last year, which you wonder how much that you know, messed with the numbers overall because you had guys that were one-dimensional last year and the drop-off was so much. This team is just, you know, I'm trying to find stuff to kind of suggest Indiana needs to do well. And, our, again, we we won by 19. and But, yeah, I, I, it's just the offense is a lot more fun to watch. Um, still a little stagnant at times, but not near as much um, yeah. as what it was last year. Okay, coming up on the assembly call, we are going to hand out our game balls and our Hoosier Hustle Award. We'll discuss a lingering question or two, and then we will look ahead to what Indiana has coming up after Thanksgiving and beyond. That is next on the assembly call. Stick with us. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Hi, it's Thomas Bryant. What's the only thing better than being Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Also pretty cool, getting called out on Twitter by Flea, which is what happened to Thomas Bryant last night. Noted Lakers fan Flea. I believe he said something like, my love for Thomas Bryant is infinite, which is something I think all IU fans can relate with. So that was uh, that was very cool. Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. You can catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website assemblycall.com. But not Thanksgiving Thursday night. We will not be having a show tomorrow. We will be passed out on the couch, having eaten two or three helpings of Thanksgiving uh, dinner and uh, enjoying our time with our family. Uh, but make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. We've got almost 10,000 folks uh, on that list. You can join for free at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. All right, Coach, it is time for our game balls. Uh, and our game ball is presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south-central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off any of their testing services, 23 in honor of TJD. So that's bloomenviro.com. 
Uh, Coach, nice of Trace Jackson Davis to take a night off and make the game ball interesting because he's made it really easy the last couple of games. Uh, I think there's a couple different directions you could go with this, so I'm curious to see where you go. Who gets your game ball? Yeah, I I am going to go with Xavier Johnson. Um, The the other one is going to be Race, obviously, I think, is an obvious candidate as well. Um, But, man – Xavier Johnson took a six-point game with about what, 11, nine minutes to go and just blew it out to plus 20 until the, the last few minutes. Uh, and when Xavier Johnson plays like this, we beat teams like Xavier, and then we put teams away that we let hang on. Uh, he was simply remarkable um, tonight. Uh, his, his final stats uh, missed a double-double by one point, had nine points, ten rebounds, f- or four rebounds, 10 assists, only two turnovers in 29 minutes. Uh, just an outstanding uh, outstanding performance. And when he looks to create first and score second, he is just dynamic. Um, that's what we saw in the Big Ten tournament and why Indiana was able to beat the quality teams in the Big Ten tournament at the end of last year. And now we saw it at Xavier. Now we're seeing it when it was needed. Uh, and the the thing that I liked about him, his effort defensively in the first half was incredible. He was racing back, trying to cut off the fast break, the the dribble down the lane, uh, in their tempo. Uh, I don't. We all notice it, but I don't think he gets enough credit for his on ball pressure, and, and just his overall uh, desire to 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 win. And when he is locked in, like he was for that twelve minutes. I don't know how he can be stopped. Um, but I know Race had the statistical night that would prove to be a game ball, and I don't think that's a bad decision at all. Xavier Johnson uh, was the best player on the floor tonight at the last 12 minutes, but I also thought the first 12 minutes defensively and letting the game come to him and not trying to force force things. So I went with Xavier Johnson. Look, we created the Hoosier Hustle Award for nights like tonight because <laughs> I think both those guys deserve recognition. But I, to me, I, the, the game ball clearly goes to Xavier Johnson. And I want you to think about this. Think about last year. Remember early in the season, you know, the Wisconsin game, the Notre Dame game, which just became lightning rods for criticism for X. You know, famously, he got booed in the Notre Dame game. You think about both of those games, and Indiana was struggling right? In the second halves of those games. And X, you know, he is the type of guy that wants, he just wants to do whatever it's going to take for his team to win. And in those games, coach, what was his approach? How did he try to force the issue? By shooting. You know, he just kept putting up shots against Wisconsin, against Notre Dame. He was two for nine from downtown. You know, in both of those games, he, you know, he was up over 10 shots. And you looked at it, it's like, man, why is this guy just taking shots? And I think some people misconstrued it as selfishness. Um, I think we always gave him the benefit of the doubt that, no, this is just a guy who wants to make plays for his team and was kind of feeling out what his role needed to be after coming from Pitt where he wasn't surrounded with the kind of talent that he is here. Well, look at the growth now, you know, because in the Xavier game, what did he need to do? He needed to be a scorer, and there were scoring opportunities, and he was. Tonight, he didn't. Coach, he only took six shots tonight, but he completely controlled the second half, finished with 10 assists, And I just think his ability to recognize what his role needs to be in a given game for this team has just gone, you know, grown by leaps and bounds in a season. And I just, I'm so impressed with his growth just mentally as a player. 
because he's so much more adept now at making the right decision. He's going to push the envelope and make some turnovers. And like you said, that's fine. You want some of those. But he's just much better now at recognizing what he needs to be. And against Xavier and tonight, it was different things that were called for. And he stepped up and delivered exactly what was called for. That's what a great point guard does. And, you know, I, I really think just based on what we've seen, I know the first couple games, you know, he didn't maybe have his imprint on the game quite as much. But now what we're seeing over these last few, I can't wait to see what kind of final season he has because he really seems to be approaching this the right way. Well, you have him at his best. He's the best point guard in the Big Ten. I, yep. I just believe that. And then I think he saw the first two games a freshman come in and do what he was doing at the end of the year as a freshman. And, you know, he kind of now reacted like, I better go do what I, I've done. And so now you have two guys. You know, uh, Jalen didn't have a good night tonight, but X was dominant. Boy, what happens when both of them start playing at their optimal and then you got three outstanding post players, and th that's when Miller Cop's going to go off for twenty because you got to stop four <laughs> other people, you know. And that's where um, that's where Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Renew what they have brought to this roster. Um, and, and again, you always worried that they were going to be freshmen. You know, Tamar came in as a heralded recruit and had an up and down year, but these two mature freshmen add to X's, you know, excellence. Um, just he just was so fun to watch tonight, uh, and he he didn't you know there's no situation where you know he trash talked, got a technical, worried about the officials, and that's always going to be in his toolbox, uh, hopefully deep, uh, so he doesn't pull that out. But if he can play like this against everyone on the schedule, that, that we are that Final Four caliber caliber team, because I've watched a lot of basketball here in Feast Week already, and I don't know. You know, again, we got to show it against the North Carolinas and all those guys, too. We're not playing the same people at the Maui Classic and all of that, but the explosiveness and the vision that X played with tonight was just a thing of beauty uh, offensively. You know, I think that's why we can take observations from this, because we've seen this team win a tough game on the road. We know they've got it in them. We've seen this guy do it, and so that's why I feel a little bit more comfortable extracting something from this game because it backs up what we've already seen in the toughest environment they've had. It's a little different than if all they've done is played cupcakes so far. But to your right. point, we do need to see it consistently against better teams, and we'll have that opportunity. So Trace Jackson Davis currently leads with three game balls. Malik Renew has one. Xavier Johnson has one. Uh, as we mentioned, we are taking 25% of the sponsor fee that Viral paid us. And we were giving that to whoever has the most game balls at the end of the season. Well, whoever has the most game balls at the end of the season and, and is willing to come do an interview <laughs> with us, because we can't just give the money. There has to be something done in exchange for it. Mm -hmm. So Trace may decide it's not, you know, it's not something he wants to do, and we'll go down the list. But that's what we're going to do. Um, and if no one comes, Coach, then I guess we'll just split the money, and we won't tell Andy or Ryan since they weren't here on that's the show. Good. We made the decision, and no one will let them know. So it's all good. Um, all right, next up, it is time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. The Hoosier Real Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. 
In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Hey, man. Indiana trying to prevent some bad outcomes tonight by uh, not playing Trace or Anthony or Trey with uh, with their injuries. Anthony seems like it may be the more serious of the three. Uh, he was in a walking boot, so hopefully all those guys can get healthy uh, soon. But, Coach, who – actually, I'll lead off the Hustle Award. I think I think we both know where this is going. It's going to Race Thompson, who I thought got a lot of his production tonight through Hustle by running the floor, by getting rebounds, uh, by cutting hard when the opportunities presented themselves. Uh, you know, he was in the right place at the right time. You know, we know about race. He's not going to create a whole lot of his own offense. And, you know, with Trace and Malik Renew manning the post, there simply aren't as many opportunities for him to do the post-ups that we've seen. And so, you know, he's going to get that offense on putbacks and running the floor and doing some of those things. And to your point earlier, I thought his energy was as good as we've seen it, which is an interesting question, you know, because it's kind of a chicken egg thing in basketball. You know, does energy create points or do you get energized when you score a couple buckets? You know, I mean, look, man, in basketball, sometimes, you know, especially for a guy like race, who's been around for a little while. And let's be honest, like a game like this, like what is, you know, when you're a senior, are you really getting that excited for Little Rock the night before Thanksgiving? You know, so, like I don't, I, I, I just don't judge some of the older guys if they don't bring their best in these games. But he tonight seemed to me like a guy who kind of had fun scoring points again, and it kind of energized him, you know. And so you kind of wonder, you know, do you try to get him a bucket or two early? I don't know. You know, he's more of a guy who I think is going to get his just through the course of the game, the flow of the game. Um, but I think you kind of saw tonight that, you know, that got a little pep in his step and it was nice to see race have a chance to get back to being race. And hopefully that's a springboard uh, to more production moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I'm going to go with race for the Hoosier hustle award. If I didn't go uh, the game ball, but what you like from your veterans is uh, next man up and, and accept the responsibility of production. And, and he did with his 20 points and his eight, you know, eight rebounds. And just, it's, it is such a, you know, motivational and, and dagger type thing when you just hammer dunks like that. You know, dunking the basketball is a big part of the game um, because it just it just gets the crowd excited, it gets you excited, and, and and keeps you in the flow. But I thought from the start he was doing all the things besides the the points that he we need Race Thompson to do that he might not have done to the level of expectations uh, previously in previous games. So we like to see him get back to that. Uh, as much as possible. I thought he had an outstanding game, uh, took a hit, went in, got fixed up, and, and came back and, and just played, I thought, excellent basketball. And the, and the two seniors in, uh, that, that we're giving awards to really dominated tonight when uh, other people were out. That, that's, again, another reason just to feel confident about where, where, where this team is. So just a, a fun to see. X do what X does and see what race does, you know, do what race does. And, and now just make it a habit of having that show up more than, than not. And we add TJD back in the mix and things are fine. Another meaningful moment, by the way, is when race went up for that block and he would have taken a nasty spill harder than Malik's probably. 
But the Little Rock guy was there kind enough to provide a nice soft landing spot for Race, who has dealt with so many injuries and tough falls. I think he was owed. He was owed that soft landing. So that was nice to see. Because, man, I mean, you know, what, what's, the, what's the number one thing you want to get out of games like this, Coach? I mean, in addition no to injuries. winning, of course. No injuries. No injuries. You know, and so just seeing him get cut and, you know, Malik go down. So hopefully we don't have any more of those scares. Um you know, in this Jackson state game coming up. Uh, let's talk about them in a second lingering question. I think everybody pretty much, um, has the same lingering question, uh, that Lisa asked is Trace's injury more of a concern. Um, look, obviously it's, you know, a concern given that he had to sit out a game, they wouldn't have sat him, you know, sat out a game if he wasn't hurt. Um, but you know, I saw coach Woodson's comment from after the game. He said, it's nothing serious. You know, he's just a little bit banged up. I think he would have played if it was a serious game. I think they're planning on him playing Friday. So, you know, I appreciate the way that they handled it. Uh, our previous coach might not like it, Load management, but there was a little bit of load man, load management happening. Uh, Beat me which- to it. I was waiting for the pause <laughs> when you send it to me to go load management. <laughs> Dang. But, um, I'm not concerned about it yet Um, until he misses a key game or isn't himself in a key game. There's, you know, I don't have the mental space (laughs) to worry about it. And so I think they were, they were cautious with it. And I think having a guy like Malik renew and the depth that they have makes you feel comfortable that you can do that and still get a win. So, you know, it's a concern just in the fact that your star player is dealing with some discomfort and you hope it doesn't linger, but until it impacts, you know, a meaningful game. I'm not going to, I'm just not going to worry about it too much. And I, I wouldn't read too much if he doesn't play Friday either. Um, there, there's a huge game for this season coming up uh, next Wednesday and, and with renew. And now you don't know how Renew's going to react with the, you know, the tailbone thing or his left butt cheek or whatever it was that he fell on, you know, that's, that's going to hurt tomorrow. Morning, that's going right? to hurt and tighten up. We all know, yeah. We all know that, and, and, you know, you hope race does. They wouldn't have played race if he had concussion-like symptoms, so I don't think that fall hurt hurt him. But uh, I'm not going to read much into it if Friday, you know, 1230, I see a, a tweet or an email come in saying, hey, he's not playing. Uh, you'd rather him sit out now and, and then come back Monday and, and get a, a full week of practice in before North Carolina. Jack's question, he says – Assembly call, how valuable are mid-range shots? I can't tell if he's trolling or if he really wants to send me off on a five-minute diatribe about mid-range shots. Come on, Jack. (laughs) It's the night before Thanksgiving. Don't send Jared off on a five-minute discussion on mid-range shots. Uh, All right, Coach. So coming up here, obviously nothing tomorrow. We're all going to enjoy Thanksgiving with our families. And then Friday, quick turnaround. With a game, what does it start at, like 12.30 Eastern on Friday. Uh, I will not be here. I believe you are hosting that show. It is Jackson State. Uh, I know, Aren't they playing against Michigan right now? Yes. So they have a quick turnaround as well. Do we need to know anything about Jackson State? Is there anything pertinent to know? I, I don't know much about uh, Jackson Deion State. Deion Sanders coaches their football team. Yeah. I know that. Okay. They are um, – they're, they're 307, in the 307 yeah. in Ken Palm. Um, they're 0 and 3. Will be 0 and 4 probably after tonight. Uh, if they're not, that's going to be a shock. Um, so yeah, they, you know, 
This is a game, again, at Indiana, uh, one of those 15-16 seed type games where if Indiana's really a top team, they got to come in and take care of business regardless of, of who plays. So uh, it's, a, it's a game, you know, to get right on the things that, that you need to uh, from tonight and from the previous games and, and to get on film so that you have a good week of practice. That's how you approach it. It's all about process. Your best teams handle this with a sense of process, practice to game, practice, practice, practice. When you do things right, that's why I was so happy with Woodson's timeout at the at that four minute mark uh, before the TV timeout. He didn't wait. He he wanted to address something, and he's going to address it right now. And so, any of the negatives that come out tonight, any of the lingering questions that the coaching staff has, they'll address it in, in however they approach uh, practice on on Thanksgiving or a shoot around. Uh, and you get it fixed. You need a couple of those games. Um, everyone can't be the Michigan State where you play nine, you know, top five teams or something. <laughs> I don't know if that's mathematically possible, but, um, you know, we got enough on our schedule. Uh, and so you need a couple of these to work the kinks out and get some get some things moving in the right direction. And, and it's a game I would expect to be a lot like tonight. Uh, you'd like to see it be a little bit better performance uh, than the average performance we saw. Yeah, uh, and I am not going to be overly concerned if they come out a little sluggish the day after Thanksgiving for a noon tip. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> I think everybody's going to be a little sluggish. So, um, by the way, Michigan up ten at halftime on Jackson State. So keeping it kind of close. I saw Ohio State beat Texas Tech today. Wisconsin Big Ten's had some Dayton. nice wins. This conference is better than than I think a lot of people thought. Yeah. It is better. Um, all right. You're listening to the assembly call. We are wrapping up. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME for 15% off your first order. But right now, use Black Friday. You'll get 20% off. Uh, homefieldapparel.com. Coach, last call. Give us your final thoughts on this Indiana victory. It, this, again, it's, it's fun to have a game where you're like, okay, we didn't play well, but we won by 19 and took care of business without our best player. Uh, this roster is better. This team is better. Uh, we, I, I always say it with caution. We're not going to run the table and go undefeated. We're going to have our, our adversities. But it is fun, fun to watch Indiana basketball again. They play solid defense. They share the basketball. Uh, you know, they have people who can do a variety of things. They have some players off the bench uh, that, that are a lot better than in previous years. So relax, enjoy thanksgiving and enjoy your families uh eat wisely if you can and if you don't uh just take friday off if you don't have it off uh, again tell them coach sent you and come back uh friday and enjoy some ba basketball and uh ryan and i will try to break down another you know 300 sub 300 game getting ready for for north carolina but this is fun it, it it's been a long time and I just have confidence uh, now. I, I was skeptical in the summer. I wasn't where Jared was uh, in, in the summer. I'm getting there uh, fast, and I hope everyone else does too, that this is a team that, that we'll remember. I want someone to try that. Skip work on Friday with the excuse, Coach told me it was okay, and I want to know how that goes. That's let's right. Get some, let's get some reports. On FaceTime. <laughs> I, I'm available to FaceTime your boss. I know it's just Jackson State, but, you know, there are things in this world that you just need to do. You don't need to work on a Friday after Thanksgiving. That is true. That is true. Um, a teacher yeah, look, says. 
You know, <laughs> you wonder, you know, Indiana was predicted to win this game by 31 points by Ken Palm. You wonder what the uh, what the analytic prediction would be with Trace and uh, Mr. Offensive Efficiency Trey Galloway with his team leading 181 offensive rating with those guys removed. It's probably an 18, 19 point game, you know, which is where it ended up. And so, you know, there's there's things to correct. Um, but overall, I'm really pleased that the team you know was kind of able to refocus and then X led them uh, in the second half to some better play. Uh, and to you know, going out and cruising to the victory by the end. Um, this team is doing all the things that it needs to do through five games to make you a believer that it can be a top 10 team, that it can compete and win a Big Ten title. And you can't ask for any more than that this early in the year. It's a long season. Um, but through the first five games, uh, this team is doing some good things. And you know, one more good game away from really building some nice momentum heading into, you know, that epic battle against uh, North Carolina uh, at the end of the month. And we're going to learn a lot. I saw someone in the chat said, uh, you know, when is the game? We're just going to go nuts from three. It's going to be that one. You heard it. You heard it here first. Coach, Assembly Hall is going to be nuts, that game. It's I will do our North Carolina preview later, uh, but I'm uh, – <laughs> Point being, I think Indiana has done enough through these five games to feel to look at that game and feel really good about how it's going to go. And that's really what these first six games are all about, you know, kind of leading up to that game. And so far, so good. All right, that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show, and special thank you to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo, and thank you for listening. We will be back on Friday to talk IU hoops again after the Jackson State game. Until then. Take it from me, Jordan Halls. Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come, Mrs. Stansoni. <laughs> All I'm right. going to attack that turkey tomorrow like Race Thompson attacked the rim tonight. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that. Me too. I'm about to go do some prep. I prepped my potatoes earlier today. Mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes are ready to go. We got to get our you turkey hosting? ready. We are hosting. Parents are coming over. Oh, yeah. So we got we to gotta do some prep tonight because tomorrow when the kids are running around, it's going to be a little hard yeah. to cook. But it'll be. I got to travel up to my mom's. She always hosts. Nice. So, a little bit of travel. Very nice. Well, have Other fun. That. Enjoy your meal. Enjoy some football. And we're ready to get back to some basketball. By the way, Arizona. They're good. That game's, that game's going to be fun. I mean, that is going to be two good teams up and down. They got big guys. We got big guys. That's going to be a fun one, man. They're good. They look really good. And, and that goes to your point there at the end, too. Like, I've watched Arizona win the Maui. I watched all three games. Uh, I think we can beat them. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched Kansas today uh, struggle with North Carolina State in uh, at battle for Atlantis. I think if it weren't weren't in Kansas, I'd f- uh, feel a lot better. Um, always hard to win uh, over there, but I think their roster doesn't scare me uh, as it would in the past. And North Carolina struggled uh, so far mm-hmm. this year. Hope they don't find it until like mid December. Uh, but yeah, this it's it's it, uh, I'm biting my lip. I hate saying we're back, but it's more of a feeling that we had when you started following Indiana and I started following Indiana. Expect to win every night, 
shocked when you don't win. Mm-hmm. Opponents don't matter with that feeling. Um, we just it's nice. That's where I'm at. Yes, or just not feeling like you're going to enter games at a decided disadvantage, or you have to right. play perfect. Like we right. got dudes, they yeah. got dudes. You know, we got a coach, they got a coach. You know, and we believe in them, and so that's just a nice place to be. I think they, there's still a certain sense of this program still has to kind of earn the true expectation of winning. Right now, there's a little bit more hope than there is, you know, kind of evidence to back it up. Um, but I, I like where this team's at, so. Hey, we got some solid people. I just moved over to the chat because I was taking care of some other things throughout the show, but we got someone supervising a wife cutting potatoes while watching the show. We provided cover <laughs> for that. Man, Pastor Man, that's nice. You know, Jim, Jim, we need to help Jim. He, his stove is in the garage and he can't cook, so I'm going to go over and help Jim move his stove yeah, in. Help, help that's Jim. what you got to help Jim move his stove in. You don't know what Megan's doing. Megan's probably adding up something and putting something in this column or debit or credit or something that she does all the time. I mean, we got some issues here in the chat mob. I missed it. I had to go back. Charlie, Charlie's in there. He's probably commenting on my hat. He loves my hat all the time. What? Who else we got oh, in here? Tony, Tony's probably going to go out to eat. Brian's yeah. talking soccer. This is a basketball podcast, Brian. Let's go. I mean, I got, I'm thankful for all of you. I really am. It's a lot of fun. Jack Which R makes a question. Calling out the chat needs to be a regular segment now. Yeah, at the end. <laughs> yeah, just going going back. You guys are all wonderful people. Appreciate you guys tremendously, despite. Oh, uh, uh, we do. We do. Happy Thanksgiving, out. everybody. Have a great day. Good night. Uh, and we will talk to you guys on Friday. Well, Coach and Ryan will. I'll be celebrating my anniversary. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll probably be doing something around the house. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you guys all on Friday. Good night, everyone. Bye, everybody. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.